What was the name of the king in Babylon? Remember? Funny name. Nope. <laughs> that's a funny name. Yeah, but it's one you just made up, crazy. I think it's like a jaw. Mm-hmm. Remember Anastasia? Okay, but I, th- I think you can say it. I'm pretty sure you can say it. Pretty sure you can say it. What does Simon think? What is the name of the king in Babylon? Yeah! He got a contribution. I mean, it was incorrect. He said... Yeah. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? And remember that he threw Daniel's friends in the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to his false god. But he wasn't... But then... Did anything happen to Daniel's friends in the fiery furnace? No, because God. Because God was in there with them. Yeah. Um, after that, Nebuchadnezzar was like, "Hey, everybody, this is the only true God." Right. Well, guess what happens next? Nebuchadnezzar is going to turn into a cow. Yes. Or think he's a cow and live like one. One or the other. I'm not sure. Let's see. So. First, before that happened, he sent a message to all the people. And he said, It seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Great are his signs. Mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So he said, I was at home in my house. And I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in my bed and had these visions in my head, I I saw that I made a decree that all the wise men... Oh, no, he had this vision and then he made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought. I'm telling the interpretation. Well, this, was, this is what happened before, right? He's telling everybody about what happened. None of them could do it. And then Daniel came. In whom is the spirit of the holy gods, he said. Except really it's not God's plural. It's just one God. Right? Just one God. Baby Simon. Baby Simon. And he, Daniel told him, there is a God in heaven who could tell you the interpretation of your dream. So he told him. But this is about a different dream this time. This was the dream that he had. There was a tree in the midst of the earth that was very tall. It came out of Lothlorien, and it was a Malorn tree. And the elves Celeborn and Galadriel dwelt in the midst of its branches. Oh, shoot, you're right. I was mixing that up with J.R.R. Tolkien's dream which he wrote down in Lord of the Rings. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. All right. So there was a huge tree, and it drew, grew and became strong. And its top reached to heaven and was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and there was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. You just think like a great forest is like that, right? Provides food and shade and... An, ecological habitat for lots of animals. So he saw this big tree like that. Well then, as I lay and watched, a holy one came down from heaven, a watcher, and he proclaimed and said, chop down the tree and cut off its branches and strip its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds away from its branches. But leave the stump of its roots and the earth brown with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts and the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. So, 
This is the dream that Nebuchadnezzar saw. And he asked Daniel to tell him the interpretation because no one else was able to do it. Only he says in you, Daniel, is the, is the spirit of the holy gods. And really, it's, it's just the spirit of one true God. Baby. Baby, don't mess up devotion. Baby, calm down. What are you doing, baby? Baby. 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 There you go. So Daniel was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. And the king answered and said, Don't let the interpretation of the dream alarm you. Tell me the truth. And Belteshazzar, Daniel, said, My lord, I, I wish the dream would be for those who are your enemies and the interpretation for those who hate you. This is the dream's meaning. The tree you saw which grew strong so that its top reached to heavens and whose leaves were beautiful, it is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, this is what that means. And it is a decree from the Most High God which has come upon you that you will be driven from among men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and you will eat grass like an ox and you will be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you. That probably means like seven years. So you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the root of the tree, your kingdom will be confirmed for you so that you may know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. And all of this happened to Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking in the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? And while he was still saying these words, a voice came from heaven and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field, and you will eat grass like the ox, just as the Lord had said. And immediately it was fulfilled. His body was wet with the dew of heaven. His hair grew as long as eagle's feathers. His nails were like bird's claws. And he ate grass. And at the end of those... Because he, he thought he was an animal. Yeah. So at the end of that time, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes to heaven and his reason, his sense, that, like, that's part of what's different between us and the animals, returned to him and he blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. And he said, his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures to all generations. All the inhabitants of the earth are like nothing compared to him. And he does according to his will among all the host of heaven. At the same time that his reason returned to him, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me, he said. My counselors and my lord sought me, and I became the king again. And now I praise and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are right, and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Why do you think God did all that to Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, he humbled him. So when he saw what, what God did to save those people, that didn't really teach him humility yet. It made him think that Daniel's God was a true God, but it didn't really teach him humility and to trust in him. And so God wants to teach him that, not only so that he'll be a better king, but he wants Nebuchadnezzar to believe in him. He wants all people to believe in him. 
But there's something also that's pretty important. In that picture, there was this huge tree. And it was the king was the tree, right? Who was the, had this big kingdom. And, and Daniel said, you are the tree. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus tells a parable. In that parable, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a tree that grows. Like a seed that's planted and this tree grows and it's big. And the birds of heaven come and rest in its branches. Well, that's a reference to this image of Daniel that also came from God, right? And that's the kingdom that, Dan, that Nebuchadnezzar's talking about. He keeps saying that God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, a dominion that never ends. And just like in Nebuchadnezzar's vision, the tree, which was the kingdom, was the king, so also when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God being like a tree that provides for all these things like Nebuchadnezzar did, Jesus is talking about him. Self. He is the king. He humbled himself to the point of death on the cross, and that's how he established the kingdom. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar's other vision was about. Here's the cool thing about the book of Daniel. The whole book of Daniel is prophesying the kingdom of Jesus. You have these great empires like Babylon and Persia and all the other ones. We heard before about how during the time of the Roman Empire, this new kingdom would be established, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and that it would never end. And that kingdom is Jesus. Sometimes people miss this point. It's really important. Just like in, in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, he was the tree. Jesus is the tree. Jesus is the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God means the reign of God. It means the things God does as king. And that's Jesus. Whenever God wants to do something, he's like, Jesus, Go and do it. He's the one who does everything that is God's but will. But something good. Always. He's always reigning for the good of his people. He's always reigning for our good and his glory. And that's what Ascension is about. We're going to hear more about that on Thursday. Thursday this week is the Festival of Ascension. The Feast of the Ascension of Jesus when he goes up into heaven. That gets. We're going to hear this this week too. That gets prophesied about in the book of Daniel as well. And Jesus ascending into heaven is a reminder to us that he reigns forever with power over everything. Nebuchadnezzar mentioned that too. He said God's kingdom is, he's overall, he does whatever he wants. Just think about how he showed that. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful king in the world. And with the flick of his fingers, God turned him into a crazy man who thought he was an animal. And then with another flick of his fingers, he restored him. And it shows you that God is above all things. Yeah, Samara? I just noticed that David, you, I know what you were named after. David the King. That's correct. Yep. That is I correct. just remember. What do you think my middle name is named after? What's that middle, middle name? name? My middle name is Martin. Uh, Martin Luther. Martin Luther, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Guess what else is funny about that? David, King David and Martin Luther are a lot alike. Yeah. In some ways, anyway. One time my grandpa Gurgle preached a sermon where his sermon was for Reformation and it was titled Martin Luther, a modern day David or something like that. It's not really modern day, but he, he was, the sermon was comparing the two of them. It was a really good sermon. Hey, David. Yeah, he's a lot like David. Yeah. It's a good sermon. He was a lot like him in some ways. They both dealt with a, a great deal of uh, uh, depression they both dealt with a great deal of, like, attacks from enemies of all kinds. They both uh, trusted in the Lord. Um, very, I mean, especially because of all those troubles. 
they trusted very much in the Lord. I don't remember everything else he said, but David seems like point. a more brash fellow than Martin. Why is Martin Luther's a pretty brash fellow. Why is all his um, all names like um, Udi? Uh, well, our, the Udi name comes from uh, Germany. We think it comes from a German word that referred to people who were outside the city walls, Ute, for outside, because they were probably... We think it means that they were like immigrants from a different country. They probably had to run away because of a war. They might have been from um, Denmark. And so then they had to run away from Denmark and they came to Germany. And because they were refugees, they didn't have a place to live right away. So they were living outside the city. And so then they were called Ute. We think that's where it comes from. Then why did you name yourself? It just came to be the last name. Last names came, come about in all kinds of funny ways. Like sometimes you could have a person... So, like, in Jesus' day, they didn't really have last names, but, okay, there were two different Judases among Jesus' disciples, and there were also two different Jameses. How did they tell them apart? How did, when you, Judas of Samaria. Well, they would do Second stuff like days. that. So one of them was Second Judas Iscariot, and I believe that was saying his father's name. And sometimes they would say... Um, um, some, somebody from a certain place, like something of Samaria, or like there was a famous guy back then called John of Damascus. They would call Jesus, what did they often call Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. That was how they knew which Jesus they were talking about, was one of the ways anyway. Yes, Ma? Um, why is my second, is it my second name? Your middle name? Uh, my is your se- your second name, name is your middle name? Yeah. Joy. Well, because we wanted to name you Joy because you are Joy. What does Joy mean? Happy. Happiness. Mine is Deborah. I don't even know what. You're named De- well. You're named Deborah after Oma, right? And Grandma. <laughs> and Deborah uh, is from the Bible too. She was a judge. She was a sweet judge. Yeah, she and and Barak uh, defeated the. Um, was that Midianites, Ammonites? I don't know. I don't remember. She was the judge when that dude got. Yeah, when that guy had a tent peg driven through his temple or whatever. Yeah, it was where God said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna defeat whoever Sisera." That was the bad guy's name. I'm gonna defeat Sisera by the hand of a woman, and then he defeated him by the hand of two women because Deborah led the people, and then I think Jael was the name of the woman in the tent. Who was like, oh, hide here, because he was running away from the Israelites. And then she put him under a rug or whatever and wait till he was asleep and then drove a tent peg through his head. Because he was a bad guy. So, yeah. I don't remember what it means at the moment. Deborah, it's a Hebrew word. Shepherd. You know, you know what it probably is? It's probably from Debar, Devar, which it's not Shepherd, no. It's which is like the like word. It's one of the words for like word. It's probably like like Deborah is probably like it could be something like the word of Yahweh. Let me see what it says when I look it up. It could be totally wrong. What does Deborah mean in Hebrew? B, as in a bee. What? There are other names where you get named that because of a person. So, yeah, and also, and also because of, like the one of the re- so one of the reasons why that name is popular among like Christians is because is because of like the wo- the woman was a great example of faith. 
So even if the name meaning is like, why is it, why is it called that? Why does it mean that? Well, it, it can be a cool person. I'd have to look at the Hebrew because it does have the ah at the end. Oh, that doesn't necessarily have to be the ah. So. Be a bee, a bee, a I, I forget at the moment. Be a bee, a bee. Okay. A bee.